Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in a series, don't know how many uh, uh, studies this will be. Um, I thought it was going to be four, it might be five or six. So let's, just, let's just see and we'll go as long as the Holy Spirit, far each time as the Holy Spirit tells us. But the title of the series is Wake Up and Work Out. You might be thinking, what in the world is that all about? Well, it's a discipline. If someone's going to work out, they're going to wake up, and then they're going to go pump some iron, or they're going to walk, or something like that for us older folks. But they say one of the most best things that we can do is practice this exercise of waking up and working out. And God wants us to wake up about something, not physical, but spiritual, and he, we have something we've got to do. You see, there is a... Uh, Salvation is totally of God. We can do nothing but other than bring our sin to Him and He gives us His righteousness. Salvation is totally of God. One day when we uh, meet Jesus, one, and He's going to do something called glorification. We don't do it. We have no part in it. God changes us in a moment in a twinkling of an eye to be like Him. But until from that time till this time, there is something that God will not do for us. We must cooperate with God. We begin a lesson once we get saved and we begin to cooperate with the Lord. And so here's how you do that, and here's how you see that cooperation. If you have your bulletin, you should have your bulletin. Anybody not have a bulletin? Anybody not have a bulletin? Okay, good deal. Take a look at your bulletin on the inside, and you'll look in the yellow box. This is where that series comes from. Notice what it says. Paul said to the Philippian church, just like us, work out. There it is. Work out your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation. Work out what God has already put in you the moment you got saved. Now you've got to work it out. You've got to unpack it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? This is serious stuff. This is not an option. Well, I got saved, and so I'm just going to skip this part and wait till this happens. Now, the Bible says there's some people going to get into heaven as if they're escaping through flames. That means this. They never begin to really practice this. They get to heaven by the skin of their teeth. There was a, when I was pastoring in Mississippi, there was a local church and it had a lot of problems. And one reason it had a lot of problems is because they have one of these matriarch church. You ever heard of that? That's when some loud woman runs the church, okay, instead of the pastor. And there was this lady, she's always causing problems. And one of my deacons said, I, I mean, because it was a different church, he said, I'll tell you what, if that woman gets to heaven, she's going to get there singed, you know, because of the... <laughs> Because the Bible says, saved as though by fire, you know. So, I don't know. Somebody like that, you really wonder if they're saved or not. I mean, you really, really do. You know, there are a lot of religious people, but not saved people. And so, you can come to this church every single time, every day. The doors are open that we have here. Tithe every time. time be baptized in here a thousand times. But if you don't know the Lord, if you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. So... With that, any, with that in mind, um, I want you uh, uh, to read this quote I put up here. Great quote I found. The moment you are willing for God to, what's that word? Change 
your nature, His recreating forces will begin to work. So once you say, God, I want this process to happen, then He is going to come in and He's going to recreate forces that will start up once you make a decision to start doing this. And the moment you realize that God's purpose is to get you in a right relationship with Himself and then with others, He will reach to the very limits of the universe to help you get in on the right road. So what that's saying is this. That verse says this. God is in you, now that you're saved, both to will... I'm telling you, you have the capacity to change. You have the capacity to grow in Jesus. You have the capacity to work out your salvation because He even gives you the desire to work it. Okay? He'll give you the power, the will to work it. And so you just choose to obey God. You just choose by an act of your will. And then the Bible says God will give you the energy and the power to do what He's told you to do. So guess what that means? There's no excuse. No excuse for not waking up and working out. Now let me show you where we have been and where we're going. There are three things you must realize in order to work out what God has put in you. Remember, that's your responsibility. First of all, we said God's presence in your life. For it is God who is at work in you. When you got saved, He's not gone away. He's in you now forever. And he, He's there to help you do this process. And then He says this, both to will, to make the decision to do that, because He's given you the desire, and the power to do it. But you've got to do it with Him, hand in hand. You obey, He changes you. You obey, He changes you. And then where we're going in uh, at least probably next week <laughs> is for His good pleasure. It's to please Him. It's to please Him. But you know what? When you please Him, you'll be pleased. Listen to that again. When you do is the number one goal of your life, if you choose to please Him, then you will be pleased. But you don't do it to please yourself first. You do it to please Him. All right, now, uh, I want to show you something that we used last week, if you were not here. I used a treasure chest as an illustration. And uh, this is a really good illustration because it's mentioned in the Bible, uh, this kind of idea of treasures. Now, look at what the Bible says in Colossians 2, 2 through 3. Paul said, I work so that they may be encouraged... By all of the circle this word, if you have a pen, riches that come from a complete understanding of Christ. That is, as you mature, as you do this process, you're going to realize all the riches you got in Christ. He is the mystery of God. God has hidden all... Where did He hide all these treasures? Of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. So let this... Um, treasure chest represent your salvation in Christ. Before you get saved, you're in Adam. After you get saved, you're in Christ. Before you get saved, you're in the kingdom of darkness. After you get saved, you're in the kingdom of light. Before you get saved, the Bible says you are spiritually bankrupt. After you get saved, you have all the riches in heaven in Christ. So here's what you got to do. Work out your salvation, what God put in you, in fear and in trembling. 
So here's the first thing he gives us, and I'm going to review here. He gives us abundant life. If we will do what he says to do. Look again, I put all this in gray that we covered last week, but I want to read this. First of all, John 17, 3 says how you get it. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Then, But here is where we talk about the abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life. That's eternal life, first of all. But here's the second life. After you get saved, and have it abundantly. Um, look at the New Living Translation there. I put different translations. My purpose is to give them rich, a rich and satisfying life. The NIV, I've come they might have life and have it to the full. I came, uh, CEV, I came so that everyone would have life and have it to its fullness. So here's the deal. Jesus said, I didn't just come to give you this. I want you to start cooperating with me, and as you cooperate with me, then I'm going to give you this, an abundant life. Life to the full. Life is God intended. Now let me ask you a question. If life is uh, uh, supposed to be to the full, and life is supposed to be abundant, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would like to have a really full life of abundance? You know, everybody here would say, I want that. Well, you won't find it unless you pull it out of here and start working it out and cooperate with God. Now, here's the next thing we said. We said that you got to have, I mean, He wants to give you a purposeful life. He wants to, for you to understand why you're here, and when you understand why you're here, you will have so much of a sense of purpose in your life. So, uh, purposeful life. Let's look at the verses here real quick. He, he, uh, the Bible says in Acts 13, 6, Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell to sleep. When you die, you should be able to say, you know what, I did what God told me to do. And as you cooperate with Him, you'll live that. Ephesians 2.10, God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live life filled with good works that He has prepared for us to do. Hey, let me personalize that. God made you what you are. He has created you in Christ Jesus to live life filled with good works that He has prepared for you to do. My works are different than your works. My works, a lot of it involves preaching and teaching and counseling and all these kind of things. All right? Then the third thing uh, we mentioned is to have a joyful life. Wouldn't you like to have a joyful life? And this is the type of joy that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, that God will give you joy. Remember my illustration last week, how I went through one of the toughest times in my life, but God gave me absolute joy on the inside, even though tears were coming on the outside. You can't explain that apart from being pulling out the treasures in Christ. 
Let's look at those verses real quick. 1 Peter 1, 8-9, You love Him, even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the maturity of your souls. Psalm 16, 11, you make, me, you make the path of life known to me. Complete joy is in your presence. Pleasures are by your side forever. The next thing is this. A victorious life. A victorious life. You know what that means? That you'll begin to have victory in life over the things, the Goliaths in your life, the Red Seas in your life, the things that hinder you. If you'll just cooperate with God, we don't have victory over everything, okay? But we, as we mature and grow in Christ, we have more and more victory in our lives. Victory over trials... Victory over different sins in our lives. And it is a process till the day we die. Look at what the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11. They won the victory over Him because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. Every child of God can defeat the world. And our faith is what gives us the victory. No one can defeat the world without having faith with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now watch this. You say, okay, Brother Jeff, I'm supposed to unpack what God gave me when I got saved. I got all these riches, and maybe today you're probably thinking, I've never known that. Well, now you know. You got all these riches, there are at least 12 of them that I mentioned. You are to work them out and watch God begin to mature you, grow you, and you discover more of these things and in a deeper way in your life. So you ask the question, well, how do I pull out these treasures? If there's uh, joy and abundance and everything, how do I get them out? Because they're in me. Are you ready for this? Let me show you. You meditate upon this. The Bible says if you'll meditate upon this, you'll have success. The Bible says be strong and courageous. The Bible says, do not uh, turn from the left or the right of this thing because when you begin to meditate upon this, it begins to change your mind. It motivates you to obey God. It gives you the power and the understanding of how to begin to do this process. It starts off with meditation. And then, guess what next? is you got to pray. When you pray, you begin to take your first steps in pulling it out and walking it out. But then guess what else? I heard Steve quote a song in there, and as soon as he started quoting that song, I was walking here and I went, <laughs> I know I'm where God wants me to preach. Because you know what I said? You know what the next two things are? Trusting what you studied and obeying what you studied. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. He was quoting that song in there. And like I said, I just went, hee, hee, hee. God knows what I'm supposed to preach on. Amen? He just confirms it. So here's the next thing he wants us to, to do. And, and the next thing that we will discover is we will have a fruitful life. A fruitful life. You know, the Bible compares us, Christians, one of the things he compares us to is sheep, okay? You know why he compares us to sheep? Because sheep are dumb. 
Okay? How do you like that? God says you're dumb like a sheep. You have a tendency to walk away. You have a tendency for the rod and the staff to come out there and go, get back in line. Because you know what He wants us to do? He leads me in paths of righteousness. You know, Jesus is in front of you saying, come on, come on, come on, come on today. He leads me in paths of righteousness. But you know, another thing that God compares us to, a soldier, a farmer... But guess what else he compares us to? A tree. A tree. Now, what does, tree, what does a lot of the trees do? They bear fruit. If it's not bearing fruit, it's not a healthy tree, is it? Okay, so look at what the Bible says in John 15, 16 through 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that, here it is, you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Now, it's interesting that one of the reasons that a tree bears fruit is, guess what? We get the blessings of that. We go out there and we get an apple off the, uh, off the um, apple tree. And we enjoy it, especially when it's an apple pie, right? A la mode with ice cream on the top of it. Hallelujah, we benefit from that. And if you'll begin to be a growing Christian, you'll be a fruitful Christian, and the people around you will experience what God's doing in your life. Okay? And as you bear fruit, Jesus said, I'm telling you all these things that your joy may be full. If you're a dried up, shriveled Christian tree, then you're not going to have the fullness of joy Jesus talked about. So how do I do it? I meditate. I pray, I trust, and obey. I meditate, I pray, I trust, obey. You got it? That's how you walk with God. All right, so you'll get a fruitful life. Next thing you'll get is this, a discerning life. Look at that. Woo! A discerning life. You know what the Bible says about the last days? One of the characteristics about the last days, the Bible says... Terrible times will come, which means this exceedingly fierce times will come. That really started happening with the atomic bomb. Now dirty bombs can happen, chemical warfare, all the lawlessness that's around us. Uh, think society is just sinking, sinking quick. And, but one of the marks of the last days is that deception will begin to explode. Matter of fact, during the tribulation, God says that uh, the, uh, there's so much deception that even the elect could be deceived if they're not careful. And so you need to have spiritual discernment. What does that mean? You need to know right from wrong. You need to know truth from error. I've been listening to a series myself on cults and false religions. And it's amazing how people get sucked into these false religions like... Mormonism, I was listening to that re recently, and how Joseph Smith thought God came to him and they, well, this angel appeared to him, the angel Moroni, and told him all Christian denominations are wrong, here's the right thing. And the right thing is this, there was a God one day, his name is Elohim, he was on another planet, and he grew into Godhood, and he had children, and he had multiple wives, and he populated that world, and then he came down to us, and he had two sons, Jesus and Lucifer. 
Jesus and Satan were brothers. And one brother chose to go the right way, another brother chose to go the wrong way. Jesus chose the right way, Satan chose the wrong way. Jesus is not God in the flesh according to their thing. But you know what? People like Mitt Romney have fallen for this junk. There are a lot of people in political power who are wealthy men. You ever seen, um, uh, what's that, uh, Skinwalker Ranch? How many of y'all seen that on TV? Anybody seen that on TV other than me? There's a few. Skinwalker Ranch. The guy who is extremely successful is a Mormon. It's in Utah. That's where a lot of the Mormons live. And so if we're not careful, you say, well, I'm not going to fall into that. But I'm telling you, Satan is a genius liar. He is much smarter than you. He will, in these last days, throw so much deception on you that a lot of Christians are either going to be, even going to be deceived. So you need to know have the power of discernment. Look what the Bible says in Colossians 2, 6-8. through 8. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus the Lord, <laughs> just as you accepted Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to follow in Him. Continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow deep down into Him. How do you get your roots to go down? You trust and obey, you meditate and you pray, and your spiritual roots grow down. And you become a stronger tree, and you begin to pull up the, uh, the nourishment, and you bear fruit. Then it says this, then uh, he says, let your groups go down deep down to him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you. It literally means kidnap your mind. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and the demonic spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. What happened with the Mormons? They followed, they were kidnapped by their mind. There are a lot of people being kidnapped by their mind. Now, you know, one of the things that you see often now, usually it's like on Dateline NBC, is there's a little kid out there playing in the front yard and all of a sudden the kid disappears and they show a video camera and the kid is out there and some man comes along and says, I got some candy in this van because that child has not been properly coached. The, the little child, vulnerable, hops in that van usually to their death. And some horrible things happen to them. God says, if you're not careful, Satan is a master at showing you the candy. He's a master of putting out some delicious looking bait, but in every single bait, there's a hook in the bait, but he can draw you away. And God says, you be very careful to be rooted and grounded in Christ and grounded in this and be walking in this. And when you do, you'll see that bait. You'll see that candy that's going to lead to your spiritual destruction. It's a discerning life. Then, the next thing, it's a peaceful life. So let's go over here and let's pull this out. And now, God is going to give me a peace, the Bible says, that passes all understanding. 
couple, well, it was about three years ago, man, I felt like I was fighting hell by the acre. I was fighting hell sideways. I felt like I was being stoned, <laughs> okay, and not this kind of stone. I felt like I was being stoned by rocks. And you know what? The whole time I just had this peace, peace. I knew God was in control. Look at this in Hebrews 12, verse 11. We don't enjoy being disciplined. Amen to that, right? It always seems to cause more pain than joy. This is God's discipline. But later on, those who learn from that discipline have peace that comes from doing what is right. You do this, and no matter what comes your way, God can give you a peace that is not your peace, as the world gives, Jesus said. It is a peace He gives so that your heart will not be troubled. Now here's the next thing He will give you, and that is a hopeful life. A hopeful life life. Someone has once said this, I like it, you need hope to cope. You know why many people commit suicide? Because they've lost all hope. You know why many people are depressed, maybe depressed in here? It's because you're low on hope. And you're discouraged, and maybe you're in despair about circumstances. It's because you're low on hope. Let me tell you how to regain your hope. Start walking with Him. Start trusting and obeying, meditating on God's Word and praying. Work it out every single, every single day. Now look what it says here in 1 Peter 3 verse 5. But in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord. That is, you're saved, but now you need to understand the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let Him be the boss. Always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. When you got saved, guess what? God put hope in you. And so people, if they see your life and they see you with all these things, then people begin to say, well now, tell me about what you've got in you. And you need to be able to defend it. As a matter of fact, this verse comes to my mind. I don't have it written down. But it talks about the coming of Christ and how you are so looking to the coming of Jesus, the Bible says, and everyone who has this hope fixed on Him, pure, what's this? Purifies Himself even as He is pure. Okay? So we have a hopeful Life And it is not a hope so hope. Man, I hope I'm going to heaven. Man, I hope. You know, it's not that. It's a no so hope. Then, here's the next thing. I pull out of here. I get a rewarded life. A rewarded life. Because just because you're saved doesn't mean that things are going to be easy. As a matter of fact, you'll probably have a tougher life. Glad the Bible says that. Jesus said in this world you will have much tribulation. But if you'll respond the correct way during the tribulation, God will reward you for every single thing that has happened to you if you respond in the right way. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12, this is called the Beatitudes, and he's saying if you get persecuted, here's what he says. 
Matthew 5, 12, Rejoice and be glad because you have a great reward in heaven. Anytime somebody lies about you, anytime somebody persecutes you, up in the bank of heaven, it's like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. You get rewarded for every one of those things. Every time you do this, you take a step with God where you trust and obey, and you meditate every day and you pray. Every time you do that, every day, you get rewarded. I believe because you came to church this morning and because I hope you came with the right attitude. If you did, you get rewarded. Every single thing we do for the right reasons, the right purpose gets rewarded. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And the Bible says that this reward will not fade away. It's not like the stock market. It's not like the economy where the dollar has lost and lost and lost its value. It never fades away, the Bible says. Matter of fact, it only uh, bears uh, 100% interest on it. That's a pretty good deal. All right, now, so here's the next thing that God gives us. <clears throat> I'm going to work this out. I get, let's see here, if I've got this right, I may have gotten this out of... Order. Oh, that was in order. I get a contented life. I got that out of, out of order on my outline. Oh, power, uh, powerful life. There we go. Powerful life. Sorry, I had to continue right here. Uh, a powerful life. So look at this in Colossians 1.11. Strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Look at this great... Uh, uh, quote, uh, listen, listen to this great quote that I read this week out of my devotion time. Listen to it. The, the, the verse, you don't have it there, is the, from the book of Psalms. Summon your power, O God, and show us your strength. Now listen to this, okay? It's a couple of minutes long, but I want you to listen to what it says. The Lord imparts to me the underlying strength of character that gives me the necessary energy and decision-making ability to live my life. He strengthens me with power through His Spirit. And the strength He gives is continuous. For He is the source of power that I cannot exhaust. And I like this verse out of Deuteronomy. Your strength will be equal to your days. Guess what that means? Every day you can draw upon His strength. And he goes on to say this. <clears throat> He is my power. The Lord is my strength. Then he goes on to say, I recently heard someone say, referring to his own increasing physical frailty, he said, is the coming down that tires me most. The Lord is my strength to sit still. And what difficult accomplishment is this? I often say to others during those times when I'm compelled to be still, if only I could do something. You ever feel that way when God says you to wait on something? You're like, i got to do something. And God says to wait. I feel like the mother who stands by her sick child but is powerless to heal. What a severe test. Yet to do nothing, to sit still, and require, it requires tremendous strength. The Lord is my strength. Our competence comes from God. Now, here we go. Here we go. The next thing I'm going to pull out of that treasure chest, let's just do it this way, <laughs> okay, is a contented life. 
a contented life. Some of you right now are thinking about what you want to purchase next. You're thinking about, oh, I need to get this, I need to get that, I need to get a new house, I need to get a new car, I need to get this new toy, I need to get whatever it is. And you're not constantly not satisfied. You cannot find this contentment except in Him when you pull it out of the treasure chest. Look what Paul said in Philippians 4.11. I'm not saying this because I'm in any need. I have learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. He said, whether, I is, whether I've got an abundance of stuff in my life or whether I have little, whether everything's going my way or whether people are beating me up in a riot like happened to him, I've learned the secret. You know what that means? When you first get saved, you hadn't learned this yet. But as you obey him, as you cooperate with him, the more contented you have become. And here's how you know you're really down here. It's because you're contented with just what you got. And you're happy with just what you got. And when trials come your way, you don't try to fuss and at God and say, why is this happening? Why am I losing this piece over this? You've learned to be content with your life no matter what happens. It's a contented life. And then finally, oh, this is good. Finally, it's a blessed life. It's a blessed life. Life. Mercy drops now are falling, but for the showers of blessings, we plead. How do you get showers of blessings? You don't stay there, and you don't stay here, as many of us are. We begin to go like this. Guess what happens? More and more blessings in our life, in spite of our circumstances. Now, if I were to ask you, you want to bless life? Well, sure I do. I want God to bless me. Well, you get it from walking with Jesus. Look at Psalm 1, 1 through 3. God blesses, and the literal translation of that is the fullness of blessings. Uh, you could literally translate it, Oh, the fullness of blessings God gives to those who do this. Here, what kind of people? Those people who refuse evil advice and won't follow sinners or join in in sneering at God. Instead, the law of the Lord makes them happy. And they think about it, they meditate on it day and night. They are like trees growing beside a stream. Trees that produce fruit in season and always have leaves. Those people will be... Those people will succeed in everything they do. So let me ask you a question. Is this the life you want? Ask yourself. Look at that list again. The abundant life. You want that? A purposeful life. A joyful life. A victorious life. A fruitful life. A discerning life. A peaceful life. A hopeful life. A rewarded life. A powerful life. A contented life. And a life full of blessings. Isn't that what you want? But you won't find it until you get saved. And then you need to unpack it. And then you'll have all of those things. Let's bow for a word of prayer.